0: This is The Edge with Jonathan Vontoble and Matt Humans on v the Sports
2: Betting Network. What's up, folks? Welcome into a Monday edition of The Edge, and we got a good one on tap for you today. Super Bowl 56 is set. We will see the Cincinnati Bengals take on the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium in a little under two weeks from now. we got a lot of coverage over the next two weeks. Uh, Johnny Avella is going to join us 30 minutes from now. We'll get his perspective uh, on the weekend that was and what we're going to see. Super Bowl fifty-six this coming weekend. Of course, Johnny running the sports book over at DraftKings. And we will get to the Super Bowl itself. A uh, number already up to four and a half in one spot, Matt Humans, for the Los Angeles Rams over the Cincinnati. Well, that's Rams.
3: just one spot. That's
2: Caesars. And yep. the Caesars number is usually a little bit off from the
3: rest of the market. That doesn't surprise me that much. But uh, the fact that the entire market is at the rest of the market's at four, and the total's dropped to forty-eight and a half at a couple spots, including uh, here at the South Point and Westgate Superbook surprises me a little bit, but again, we're on uh, the first day of the lead up to the Super Bowl, and the public's not even going to start firing on this game till middle of next week or late next week. so I'm still not going to be surprised to see this
2: total get up over 50. Would you say 90 percent of the handle comes in like Thursday on next week? Oh yeah, yeah, right. Oh yeah, man, I can't wait. It's going to be great to see where this number goes. But that's where we're at there. But before we get to that, uh, let's go back to where we were because it was a pretty good weekend in terms of competition in the AFC and NFC Championship games. And uh, let's start with what we saw last. Of course, that's the Los Angeles Rams who get the win over the San Francisco 49ers. A uh, very good game, I would say, for the most part, although there was a, a lot of um, tomfoolery by both sides. 20-17, the final score. The Rams do not cover as a 3.5-point favorite. Game goes under the total here of 455 uh, but really, I think the takeaways you and I discussed on the opening lines yesterday—at least when you're talking about, you know, the Rams winning this game—I feel like they deserved to win considering the opportunities they let them that they let go by in the first half. But did themselves no favor, specifically Stafford uh, when Tart drops the uh, would-be interception that would have been pretty big with 9:47 left to go in the fourth quarter. That was huge.
3: Yep. Uh, think about how much different the uh, discussions are on all the shows today if uh, Tart picks off that interception and. Uh, you know, Matthew Stafford threw up a deep ball. that was basically a punt. And that, that, that pass was nowhere near a receiver. It should have been picked off. If the Niners do get that inter- interception, they win the game. How much Matthew Stafford bashing is going on today? Mm-hmm. Instead, it's Jimmy G bashing and uh, Kyle Shanahan bashing. And the Niners came up short. And really, if you look at the box score, it looks like the Rams played a little bit better game. Uh, they outgained the Niners by 114 yards. They had more than 10 minutes time of possession advantage. Uh, the Rams did a lot right uh, to win that game, especially after they were down 17-7 to because it looked kind of bleak. It looked like, oh, man, Sean McVay is going to go to 0-7 against Kyle Shanahan. And uh, Stafford did make a big throw. Uh, with about three minutes to go to Cooper Cup for a first down. Now, how, how about Cup converting uh, six third-down passes in the first downs last night? He was, nope. he was
2: big in that Rams comeback. And that was still with that massive drop – pass right like (laughs) you
3: can't catch every ball no but yeah that was a big drop you're right about that but the rams were able to overcome it and uh, a lot of people talking about the 49ers and their choke job which is nowhere near as bad as the uh, chiefs choke job in the previous game but we'll stick to the nfc championship 2017 sharp money was under the total it was in the right spot Uh, that number was up around 46 and a half closed 45 and a half and the uh dog Gets the cash plus three and a half. I think the dog was the right side the whole way at more than a field
2: goal. Oh, yeah, in terms of covering. I think the Rams deserve to win, but not to not to cover a game like that, especially when you're talking about three and a half. Now, we talk about the the, the fourth quarter was really obviously, where everything swings when you're talking about a three-point game. Uh, Mitch Moss, uh, our own Mitch Moss on Follow the Money, uh, pointed out, right, the key sweep in a sequence when you're talking about this. San Francisco up 17 to 14, 11-23 left to go in the fourth quarter, second and one. I <laughs> love the picture uh, unmitigated disaster of a sequence on second and third down <laughs> got worse by punting. And then Jimmy G for the rest of the game, one to six, negative three yards and interceptions uh, or and an interception. Ignore the numbers today. Says he was absolutely terrible. I throw darts more accurate after 15 beers. Uh, we should also note Mitch may or may not have had a 101 ticket on the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Was it to win the Super Bowl? I think it was the win of Super Bowl. If I, I, remember, thought, I thought it was win the NFC. They might have won the. Either way, there was a hundred to one ticket that was at stake for Mitch on the San Francisco Niners. 49ers. Got as high
3: as two hundred to one to win the Super Bowl at yeah. some spots this season. I, I think Mitch's ticket was to win the NFC. He okay. was obviously frustrated when he tweeted this, but he's right. This is a point in the game where Kyle Shanahan I think really lost control because the Niners up three, 11 minutes to go, second and one. It felt like they had total control of the game. If yep. you can sustain that drive and score he really backed the Rams into a corner and uh, they couldn't do it Uh the second and third down calls were weak and then uh, the punt on fourth down was a um, was a big mistake I think by Kyle Shanahan you take a look at the uh, analytics models which uh, I know makes a lot of people cringe but the truth is uh, the models Almost all the models said uh,
2: undoubtedly the right move by Shanahan was to go for it at that point. And, yeah, so uh, 1714, San Francisco 4th to 2, LA 45. Uh, recommendation this is from one model to very strongly go for it. You improve your win probability by 5.4%. Um, and then if you, want to, if you actually look at it, win percentage, if you go for it, 73%, uh, and then you can go from there. But either way, like you said, most models would say to go for it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that a, a usually aggressive team in the San Francisco 49ers decided, ah, we'll just do the fake uh, hard count, and then we'll get out of here, see if we can get them to jump off sides. <laughs> yeah. he definitely, like some – Shanahan definitely tightened up in terms of his play-calling decision-making. Well, he was asked
3: about it after yep. the game, and his quote was, we were never thinking about going for that. We were up three points and didn't think it was the right decision. Uh, and, again, that's Kyle Shanahan. has got to be more aggressive in that spot if – if you want to win the NFC title game, that's the right move there was to go for you had second and one, and you found a way to punt in plus territory, which is a, a big mistake. So we move on. The 49ers heading to the offseason, probably into the Trey Lance era. Jimmy G is going to be done. And um, we move on with Matthew Stafford trying to win his fourth straight playoff game. How happy is that guy to be out of Detroit?
2: Uh, yeah, it changed, I saw, actually, it changed his life. <laughs> I said it was, there was a great tweet up. Huh? Uh, Stafford in the Super Bowl, M&M halftime show. It's the closest Detroit's ever going to come to a Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> might be. It really is, man. Uh, no, it's good. Hey, Stafford, look, he's he's a guy that you watch play, obviously quarterback for a really long time. He's been a, a high-end quarterback, like above average quarterback in Detroit all his career, but never really got close. The Jim Caldwell years, they were good, made yeah. it to playoffs a couple of years. But it is, it's cool, and it's also cool that the Rams, I mean, look, you push all the chips in and at least you got to where you wanted to get to. You haven't succeeded in the goal, but you at least made it to the Super Bowl.
3: Sure, and that, I that was Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Rams, that was his goal. He wanted his yep. team playing in SoFi Stadium, his $5 billion palace, and the Rams pushed all their chips into the middle of the table, traded away all their draft picks, and mm-hmm. they got lucky. The Things broke their way in the playoffs, and they made it there. I'm not going to say that the two best teams have made it to the Super Bowl, the two best teams in the NFL don't always make it to the Super Bowl, just like the two best teams don't always make it to the, the finals of the NCAA basketball tournament, right? Yep. I think last year Gonzaga and Baylor were probably the two best teams, and they made it. But most years, the two best teams don't make it. It's hard to get through the tournament bracket. And uh, the Rams, things broke their way. They got a little bit lucky. And uh, I have to give Stafford credit, especially for that second game. I thought he played especially well in Tampa. Yes. Um, Yesterday, he was half good, half bad. He should have had two picks, including
2: one that might have been a backbreaking pick. But sometimes you got to take advantage of lucky breaks as well. Yep. Uh, now, you talk about better teams making it all the way. It doesn't happen all the time, especially in a sport like football. Uh, one could argue that was the case for the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. Uh, Chiefs, arguably the better team overall. But the Cincinnati Bengals end up being the winner in the AFC Championship game, 27-24. to 24, The final score in overtime. The team that won the coin flip actually lost the game. How about that? That happens every once in a while. Uh, but... The story here is the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you look at some of the numbers that are out there in terms of tickets that are held by people or where the Cincinnati Bengals were, uh, right, this is from David Purdom. Superbook Sports took 17 bets on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl 200 to 1. The largest was for $200. Uh, that was via Vegas uh, Murray or John Murray, our friend over at the Superbook, director down there. Uh, there's a lot of these tickets floating out, out there, not a lot of them, but there's a good amount of them. Uh, enough that the Bengals, there's going to be a lot of people holding their breath with some pretty big numbers.
3: Yeah, I think the, uh, the better is going to be excited. If you're holding a 200-to-1 ticket very few times in your life, do you get the chance to cash something like that? I don't care if you bet 5 bucks, 10 bucks, or oh, on. 200 on it. Uh, you don't get many chances to cash a 200-to-1. Obviously, if that's those small denominations of sports books not going to get crushed if the Bengals win the Super Bowl. Uh, so let's not uh, make it out to be like it's uh, going to be Black Monday for the books of the Bengals win. That's not going to be the case. But uh, you can find some value on the Super Bowl futures board sometimes. You're talking about a Bengals team that lost to the Jets, got blown out uh, by the Browns. And at that point, nobody was sure if they were even going to be a playoff team. And now 200-1, to here they sit in the Super Bowl. How about the comeback yesterday? If you bet the Bengals on the money line yesterday or on the reverse, if you laid a price with the Chiefs, you had to be crushed in the way that game finished uh, this is from ESPN Stats and Info. Teams with an 18-point lead were 115-1 and one this season. The only team to win after trailing by 18 points was the Ravens against the Colts in Week 5. I remember it so finally. teams to be leading by 18 or more are now 115-2 and two this season. And uh, chalk it up to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes finding a way to uh, screw up that game.
2: Uh, well, yeah, and everybody's going to remember the end of the first half where Mahomes decides to throw it behind the line of scrimmage to Tyreek Hill and ultimately he gets tackled and, and the time runs out. Uh-huh. Bengals staff deserves credit for this. We brought this stat up on the opening lines yesterday. The Bengals dropped eight or more defenders in coverage on a season-high 35% of pass plays against Mahomes, and Mahomes struggled against it. Completed just seven to 13 passes, 59 yards, threw an interception, took two sacks, and in the second half, they doubled that rate. First half, they did it on 24% of the pass plays for the Chiefs. Second half, in overtime, 45%. So there was a clear adjustment by Cincinnati. He mm-hmm. was like, screw it, man. You're not going to beat us. We're going to make you play patient. And then it killed him all year long at the beginning of the season. And you thought he got better at it, or at least I did. Sure enough, wasn't the case. Yeah, and the KC play
3: calling at the end of uh, regulation, first down at the five, just uh, horrendous on second, third. Now, and Patrick Mahomes, the execution, you can't take back-to-back sacks like that. There's, uh, We move on. Joe Burrow's a hot quarterback right now. The Bengals believe uh, that they can pull this off. So uh, we got two weeks to talk about. The number and the total and uh, the props, which are coming out sooner than expected at a lot of spots. Uh, The days of waiting until Thursday for all the Super Bowl props to come out are over. You can get a ton of Super Bowl prop action out there right now.
2: You know what's out there right now, too? Our big game betting guide. How about that? And it's free. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit vcin.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide. Get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. There's also like a little help thing. You can go on vcin.com. You can send in questions. Get answered about the Super Bowl and betting. It's absolutely fantastic. All right. We'll come back. we got plenty to get to. Hey, don't forget. There's a lot of hoops going on. It's a big college hoops card, despite the fact that it's Monday.
4: This is the Edge on
0: VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Oh, hey! Check out the big game coverage. Matt Humans will tell you all about it. Getting ready to watch the big game. Fifty-six <laughs> hours of free coverage, betting strategies, big game betting guy, matchup analysis, and much more. Make sure you're with us for everything before and after during the action. VSN.com. All right, we got we got two weeks to talk about the Super Bowl. I know everybody's excited about the,
3: the big game. Not everybody's excited. I've heard a lot of whining in the last uh, 12, weird. 16 hours about this is not a great matchup. If this was, if this game were on a Sunday, you wouldn't even have sound on the game at the sports bar, or the sports book. I would. Uh, I don't know. I think I think Bengals Rams is a decent matchup, especially you know Matthew Stafford chasing his first Super Bowl. There, I, I, there's plenty of good storylines with the Rams. And you have to respect Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Hey, they're in the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988. He's a killer. Oh, He is. I said he's a cold-blooded killer. Joe Burrow. He's going to be one of the bet-on quarterbacks in the NFL for years to come. But a lot of people just don't like the small market teams to get in. That aren't the flashy teams. Bengals haven't been in the Super Bowl, like I said, since 1988. And sometimes uh, that doesn't lead to a marquee matchup, right? If it were mm-hmm. the... Let's say we're the Cowboys and the Chiefs. People just go berserk about oh, how great yeah. the matchup is, right? Yep. Yeah. Bengals Rams. I still think it's pretty good. Just I mean, the logos. It's like NBA. You don't have to have Celtics Lakers every year. What?
2: Who cares about Celtics Lakers? I anymore? think David
3: Stern said way back in the day that his ideal no, yeah, NBA yeah. Finals matchup would be <laughs> Lakers versus Lakers, right?
2: i You know, it's funny. I was watching. What was I watching the other day? It was a. I think it was like. Who are the Hornets playing?
3: Uh, he didn't want it he was didn't like to Hornets, Hornets, Hornets and in the NBA finals.
2: <laughs> it was like Hornets-Cavs, and I was like, I'd watch seven games of this. And I was like, I don't think, I don't think anybody else would really care. Not many came. other people would. Uh, no, all right. So, college basketball, let's get into this because there's a, it's actually for a Monday. And this is the cool part about post-Super Bowl is, like, the NBA schedules get beefier and you start to see, like, the NBA yeah. try to take center stage. Same thing with college basketball. Actually, the last two Mondays have been pretty good for college hoops. And a lot of these also are rescheduled games because of COVID. Well, that's you said it right there. You've yep.
3: seen a lot of reshuffling in the schedule because of games that were postponed earlier. So you're seeing a lot of major
2: conference games. You'll start to see more on nights like Monday and Friday nights. Yep. So we go to the the card as a whole is pretty deep, and we can spend a little bit more time on one specific Big Ten matchup uh, in best bets. But let's talk about this ACC matchup first initially, Duke and Notre Dame, because Duke's on the road here. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski's last foray over into, you know, Enemy territory. Okay, let's Sunday. get it over with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but five-and-a-half point favorite, 143-and-a-half. <clears throat> and, well, th- and this is interesting for multiple reasons. One, it's Duke. But the other thing is, right, Trevor Keels, I don't know if he's going to play or not here in this matchup for Duke, or is he? I, uh,
3: to me, it's 50-50. He's missed the past three games. Right. If he were playing, I would be on Duke here. But with, if Trevor Keels doesn't go, I don't want to lay the five-and-a-half against a Notre Dame team that's played much better recently. He uh, got some my- good performances I- at home. Irish beat Kentucky at home, (laughs) and I I lost a pretty good-sized bet on that game. I thought there was no way that uh, Notre Dame was going to be able to beat Kentucky in South Bend, and I was wrong about that. That was the worst game I've seen Kentucky play this season, Uh, by the way, and the the Wildcats playing much better. I got some money back on uh, Kentucky playing on the Cats at Kansas over the weekend. But uh, if you put Kentucky and Notre Dame on a neutral court right now, how big a favorite would Kentucky be? 10? Yeah, I think so. And uh, Kentucky lost at Notre Dame. So I, I think the, the home dog could be live here tonight. If Trevor, Trevor Keels does not go for Duke, I think he's really important uh, to that team, and especially if you're laying five and a half, you want to be at full strength. So uh, I lean to the Duke side, but I got to know if Keels is going to be able to go.
2: Yeah, and to give you an idea, too, for, for those who haven't really been following the Irish, Irish they've won four straight, 10 of 11 heading into today. They're 7 to 1 against the spread in their last Starting. eight. Well, we talked about them like two weeks ago. Didn't somebody tell you that they were going to be surprised if this team won a game in conference? Well, we, uh, the Maui invitation was in Las Vegas,
3: yeah, around Thanksgiving, and uh, Notre Dame were terrible. Yep, in the games out at uh, Mandalay Bay, and a longtime Irish uh, fan, guys close to the program, told me that day. He said, "I wouldn't be surprised if this team is the worst in the ACC." And now you look what Mike Bray has done here. Nate is a guy who's really uh, carried the offense at times. I- I've always liked Lashevsky. I think the Irish got a couple players um a couple players who can get it done tonight against Duke and keep him within this number. I was trying to think Notre Dame had a another home game recently. Uh Notre Dame was a home dog against somebody about a month ago and uh North Carolina? It was North Carolina. Yep. And Carolina was without a key guy similar to Duke's Uh, the way Duke is tonight, and uh, Carolina got whipped in that spot, and that's in the back of my mind when I was handicapping this last night. I was like, I'm not going to fall into that trap. The Carolina's a more talented team, goes in there and gets beat up by Notre Dame, and Carolina was missing a player that night in the same
2: situation here with Duke. Yep. All right, so from there, let's go to that Big Ten matchup because uh, it's going to be one of the marquee ones on the board here. Penn State playing host to Iowa. So this one opened three and a half, and we have seen this climb pretty high. It's reached five. Five seems to be the peak because there's some buyback happening in the market right now. We're down to four and a half. Totals 138 and a half uh, for the Nittany Lions. It has not gone well recently. They come in on a 10 game or should be 10 game. That'd be extreme. A three game losing streak uh, and three relatively comfortable losses, right? It was competitive against Ohio State, but then gets beat up by Iowa and Indiana. So it's a little bit of a revenge spot, but three straight road games. You're coming back home against Iowa. It seems like it's kind of a buy low spot for the Nittany Lions here. Yeah. And the Hawkeyes are not great on the road. They lost at uh, Rutgers in a,
3: in a mud wrestling match about two weeks ago. Uh, I think this Penn State team uh, is going to be another case of a hungry home dog off a, a paris of 17-point road losses. Don't forget, when uh, Purdue went in there and played Penn State about a month ago, uh, Purdue blew like a 10-point lead. Penn State took a one-point lead late, ended up losing that game by seven. It was a good game. Uh, it, was, it was a heck of a game, and Penn State uh, gave Purdue a good run for the money in that one. I, I think the Nittany Lions are going to be live here tonight. Micah Shrewsbury, the new coach, who was a former uh, Purdue assistant, and actually a former Butler and Boston Celtics assistant, he was a great hire. And uh, this Penn State team eventually, I think, is going to start paying off. You're going to catch numbers with the Nittany Lions as home dogs, and they're going to win some of these games straight up. Uh, I like Penn State tonight. That's uh, probably my favorite game on the card.
2: Yeah, to use a cliche, I think the Nittany Lions are going to be able to uh, take the air out of the ball. They're going to slow things down. Uh, slowest team in conference play at this point right now for very good reason. They're not great offensively, uh, but I think that's going to that's mess with Iowa State, and I think – when You're talking about kids playing three consecutive road games in performances like that, and then finally coming back home after, what, nearly a – almost nearly a month, whether they last played on July or, me, January 11th. Yeah, it, should be arrest- it should be arrested team, actually. Yep. Yeah, so well, I, I would agree with the sentiment. Yeah, you could
3: still catch five out there at plenty of spots,
2: including the South Point right now. You could still get Penn State plus five. Uh, you got anything on Baylor here? Baylor is going to take on West Virginia. Uh, the open was uh, Baylor 14 with a total of 137. We're pretty much sitting there right now. Coming off of the loss to Alabama. So maybe a hungry Baylor team coming back home after getting beat up by Alabama. And Alabama performed really well in that game, 87-78 over the weekend. Yeah, that was actually uh – One of my bets on Saturday was Bama plus three-and-a-half at home against Baylor. And Baylor, there were multiple times it looked like they were maybe going to sneak their way back into it, and Alabama kept them at arm's length the entire way in the second half. Bama's got a ton of talent, and
3: if you look at it, it's crazy. We're not going to go into a long discussion on uh, the Crimson Tide here, but if you look at their resume, it's it's wacky, man. Yeah. It is crazy. They've uh, got some of the best wins in the country over Gonzaga on a neutral. You know, taking down Baylor, they've also got some really bad losses to teams like Missouri.
4: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but
3: it's not for a lack of talent. So I I thought Bama was going to be a live home dog over the weekend in Tuscaloosa. That turned out to be the case. Um, Probably a spot for Baylor to bounce back, but 14, uh, forget it. Uh, I'm priced out at that number.
2: All right, from there, uh, there's also some uh, smaller conferences in action that have pretty, pretty good Sorry yeah, to throw
3: this at you real quickly. There's a Big 12 game to watch coming up, Kansas at Iowa State, which is going to be really intriguing. After the uh, Jayhawks took that whipping at Allen Fieldhouse over the weekend, they have to go on the road to Ames, Iowa, to face an Iowa State team that uh, is going to be a home dog in that game. That's going to be interesting in yeah. the Big 12.
2: Uh, I oh, Actually, I was really disappointed. I, I, like I sat down. It was one of those games. Like I sat down, turned on the TV. I was like, all right, Kansas, Kentucky. And then like 10 minutes in, you're like, okay, well, I can put this on mute and move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on it, though, of course. All right, let's go to some of the smaller conferences. West Coast Conference, Pacific and Santa Clara. Uh, Santa Clara, for those who have been paying attention to what they've been doing, very good program. Now, they lost over the weekend to San Francisco, but it was a tightly contested game, 88-85. to I call
3: this the BYU Bowl, JVT. Both these teams beat BYU last week.
2: Yep, so we, yeah. we look at this, and I was about to mention, right, that before losing to San Francisco, that wacky end against BYU. So Pacific is going to take on Santa Clara here. This is a pretty big number, though, for the Broncos, twelve and a half with a total of 145.
3: Yeah, uh, I was impressed by the way the Tigers played against BYU. I watched some of that game over the weekend. And uh, Santa Clara uh, stole one against BYU in the final minute, down 74-70 to come back and win that game. I... I'm not sure how Pacific is going to react on the road after the big win over BYU, so I stayed away. But 12 and a half looked like a too big of a number for me. But uh, ultimately, I'm not going to bet the
2: game. Yep. And then uh, in the Mountain West, there's actually two Mountain West games that are worth watching save later tonight. One for best bets. Yeah, we'll say one for the best bets. But New Mexico and San Diego State. Uh, this is going to be a pretty good one. Right now, we're looking at the market overall. New Mexico, I've got. Uh, 14.5 with a total of 138.5, and this has gone up from the open of 13.5, and a big move on the over, too. You
3: know, the Lobos started to play better. They finally yep. got a conference win for Richard Patino, beat San Jose State. But really, if you look at their last five games, they played much better since uh, that embarrassing showing in Vegas a few weeks ago. Here's what's interesting to me about this game. And you know I don't bet many totals. The total here is 138.5. Mm-hmm. San Diego State's played 16 games this season. None of the games have gone over the total <laughs> of 138.5. Interesting. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, I but the Lobos,
3: the, the Lobos will be trying to push the
2: pace. Yep. no question about and it. And bet up three points too, so by the market. All right, we'll come back. Johnny Velo is going to be with us. We'll discuss everything from a football perspective. The weekend it was, and what will be for Super Bowl Fifty Six.
0: This is the Edge on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Hey, if you missed any part of our show or anything on the VCEN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all the shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcind.com podcast to get Beating the Book, Market Insights, Hardwood Handicappers, Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys, Coast to Coast Hoops, and more. All free and available now. vcind.com slash podcast.
2: All right, let's welcome in Johnny Avello director over at DraftKings Sportsbook, to give us some time today to discuss uh, conference championship weekend and Super Bowl 56. So, John, Humans and I were talking about this uh, on the opening lines yesterday. Uh, a, the result of Kansas City losing outright would assume that some books made out pretty well. How did that work out for you guys?
4: Uh, worked out pretty well. <laughs> um, yeah, both games, both games were good for us. Uh, both games had... Now, you know, I keep looking at the handle for these games, right? We had... The regular season where the handle was fantastic every week and we got into the playoffs and I saw the money that would go on all those games shift over plus on the playoff games. Um, then we got down to less teams. I was wondering, will you know, will we continue to write the kind of money we've been writing because there were more games? And the answer is yes and yes and yes. So uh, you know, our right was tremendous and uh, we, we did well over the weekend. Paid out some props. You know, Joe Burrow over one and a half passing touchdowns and mixing over 58 and a half yards. In the other game, Stafford over two and a half rushing yards and Jimmy Garoppolo over one and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, I think Old Del Beckham over 54 and a half yards too. So we paid out some props. People made some money, but we did well for the, for the day and uh, very happy with the result. How
3: much action have you seen on the Super Bowl line here now in the first 12 hours or so?
4: Pretty good, Matt. I mean, a good little flurry at first. This is usually the way it is. Uh, we opened at four and a half. We are down to four. So certainly there were some takers on the four and a half. Uh, f- opened a total of 49 and a half. We're down to 48 and a half. So like, if, even though we've moved a full point, it's not that lopsided, maybe 52% of the action to 48 on the under. Um, and on the uh, money line, Bengals heavy right now, people taking a shot with the Bengals taking, uh, you know, 165 or so, thinking that maybe, uh, you know, that's a a price going to come down. In normal circumstances, it does come down. Uh, People bet the money line in the the Super Bowl and drives the price down sometimes to a ridiculous price. (laughs) That's what we were talking about last night on our opening line
3: show as well. Uh, So you think the Bengals are going to get a fair amount of support from the betting public here in terms of uh, money line and the plus
4: four uh, for the money line. Yes. The plus four. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I could see this thing going back to four and a half, maybe even higher. Uh, you know, when you, when you look at the power ratings on the two teams, the Rams power ratings, a little bit higher, a couple of points to, you know, as many as three actually. And then what's the home field worth, Matt? I mean, it's, the Rams don't have all their fans there, but they're sleeping in their beds every night, and they're very familiar with the surroundings, and so that's gotta, that has got to be worth something. Is it worth one? Uh, you know, that's, that's what they're telling us it's worth one, one and a half. That's what the bettors are saying. Could be worth a little more.
3: Interesting. How, how low do you think that Rams money line price could drop, Johnny? Not just the draft games from maybe in Vegas. You were a Vegas book uh director for many, many years, so you know how low that uh, price can drop on the favorite sometimes in the Super Bowl. Could we see minus 160 on the Rams at some point or not get that low?
4: I don't think it'll get that low uh, because us being nationwide, uh, there's probably they wouldn't let us get that low, most likely. In Vegas, you know, with that market, uh, you know, I've seen some ridiculous money line prices where. You know, a team would be seven, and the money line would be like minus two thirty. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we've seen some crazy ones like that. But matter of fact, I remember a game, I think it was the Forty ers or something, where they were a sixteen, seventeen point favorite, and the money line was like six bucks, something six four or something. So, seen some really low ones for the for what the uh, the actual point spread has been. I don't think this one gets too much lower than seventy five, maybe. Minus 75, plus 55, you know, 50 somewhere in that area. Uh, but if the point spread drops, it certainly will follow. Uh, the point spread goes higher. Sometimes the 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 lower number still could stay intact. So we talk about the
2: public influence on in a game like this. By the time we get close to kickoff, John, what do you think the influence will be on this total now that we're down to 48 and a half? Like by the time we get to Sunday, does this get back to that 50, 50 and a half mark?
4: Well, when you look at this game, you know, you see the, the Bengals who are, kind of a similar team to um, the 49ers, you know, when it comes to offensive production. I guess, you know, if the game, when you're playing against the Chiefs, your offensive production has to be up because the Chiefs defense is is just okay. And, uh, you know, they can move the ball up and down the field. This will be a different type of game. So, you know, just looking at the game, you would think, It would be a similar game maybe to the 49er game yesterday, maybe a little tick higher than that. But nobody wants to bet under in the Super Bowl. I mean, the general public just does not want to. So, uh, yeah, JVT, I think this thing will probably inch back up to 49, 49 and a half. All
3: right. How do you like the matchup? Uh, I know I've heard some people complain it's not a sexy matchup. Johnny, uh, a lot of bookmakers say it really doesn't matter the two teams are in the Super Bowl. I think the matchup's good enough. And uh, Joe Burrow is going to be an intriguing uh, quarterback to see uh, opposing the Rams. What do you think?
4: Well, do you like it? I do like it, uh, and I like it because it's different. You know, sure, Chiefs could have been back in, and Chiefs are an exciting football team, and, you know, they, they put a lot of points on the board, and there's a lot of guys to use in your props, but this is fresh. A couple of new teams we haven't seen for a while, um, and, I you know, I just like that. I like a little bit of variety, and we have it here this year.
2: From a uh, standpoint, from uh, what the DraftKings has up right now, I know there were some early props up. What's these? Uh, what's the process going to be like for you guys in the next couple of days in terms of adding more and more to the board?
4: Yeah, we're adding. Them. We got a bunch up already. You know, we've got some stuff like Cooper Cup to have fifty-plus yard touchdown reception, or Cam Akers to have over ninety-nine and a half yards. Uh, we've got some parlay. You know, Max Matthew Stafford three hundred passing yards plus three passing TDs. So. Uh, the TD scorers are all up. The uh, some the passing props. Joe Burrow, that's up 276 yards. Stafford, 279 yards. Completions are uh, up for those two guys. Uh, longest completions yet. Yeah, we we have some up, pretty good for a Monday. Uh, there'll be a lot more up over the next two to three days. How
3: about an index prop on uh, passing yards for each quarterback? If you if you nail the exact number of yards a quarterback throws for, you put odds on every number. Let's say you got. Stafford to throw for three hundred and seven yards at uh seventy-five to one odds. Can you do something like that? Have you ever thought about that?
4: I haven't had that one up, Matt, but I will break that one down. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> that would be something. That's it's like uh almost like a lottery ticket. You're just trying to take a guess at the exact number of yards a quarterback's gonna throw for. You could put that up for Burrow and uh Stafford. And I actually think that would probably end up being a beneficial prop for the book.
2: John, the one that yeah. I brought up that, that I got put on the board out here in Vegas a couple years ago was will a team convert a fourth down in its own territory? Considering the change in offense, that's got to be a fun prop to, to wager on if that would be the case.
4: Fourth down, conversion in own ter- territory, Come,
3: right? <laughs> He's writing that one down, like too. It, all
4: right.
3: What's your favorite <laughs> Super Bowl prop, Johnny, if, uh, if you have one? Because we've got hundreds of them now.
4: Yeah, you know, man, my favorite ones are the ones that write the most money. And they're, they're usually, you know, the ones like the safeties write a lot of money and, um, you know, the, uh, the the normal stuff writes the most money to passing yards and things like that. We certainly have some goofy ones up through the years, and we're going to probably throw a few goofy ones up here. They're more novelty props. They're more for, you know, coffee table conversation, but they don't write a lot of money. Um, And so, you know, so the media likes that. They like to talk about some of those. I like the meat and potato ones because they're the ones that work. They're the ones that rate the money, and they're the ones that, you know, can make you money, lose you money too. But at least, you know, you get a really solid handle on them.
3: Well, the meat and potatoes in this game is the uh, point spread in the total. Right now, four. You'll find a four and a half out there. But, uh, Johnny, the last six NFL playoff games here, Five of them decided by a field goal, and the other was decided by six points in overtime. As a better, could you lay four with the Rams here, or do you think Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to be live dogs?
4: Well, they look like live dogs, you know, two weeks in between games. Uh, Joe Burrow's, a you know, a, a very good quarterback. How does he react in this type of situation? Uh, he's, be, he's won the national championship, so obviously he knows how to play in big games. Um, There's a little different situation, though. You know, the, you see what that Ram defensive line is like. Uh, Joe's going to get some extreme pressure like he hasn't had all year long. Um, and he did get free yesterday. There's a couple times they had him and he got free. Sometimes that's the that was probably the difference in yesterday's game. And the difference in the Bills losing to Kansas City was that they had Mahomes quite a few times uh, for losses and they just could not get him. There's only a couple of plays, guys. That make the difference uh, in a football game.
2: Johnny Avella, director over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Johnny, it's good to talk to you as usual. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. You got it. Uh, yeah, this posted two minutes ago too from Chris Andrews. Early Super Bowl props up here at the South Point. Wow, on a Monday, right? Man, there's going to be a lot of those up as the days continue. That's All right, right, we'll come back. Get best bets as we close it out here on the Edge.
4: This is The Edge on
0: VCEN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Okay, welcome back. This segment of The Edge is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouch. It's a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. Zen nicotine pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in ten varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over a hundred thousand locations nationwide, so it's never been easier to find your Zen. Head over to slash find to locate a store near you. ZyN.com/find. Warning: This product contains nicotine. And nicotine is an addictive chemical. Yes,
2: it is. All right, NFL Conference Championships recap. Not much to recap. Cincinnati Bengals plus seven over the uh, Kansas City Chiefs winner. Bengals win that game outright. Touch and go there for a minute at the end of the first half. Thought maybe they're going to get blown out. Not the case. You know, I'll
3: tell you what. I had the same bet. Except I had Bengals plus seven and a half at minus 120. And when it was 21-3, to I felt, oh, boy, got suckered into taking a dead dog here. And especially when the Chiefs are driving down before the half, it looks like they can tack on another score. But they made a huge mistake by not taking that field goal, especially when they're going to get the ball to come out to start the second half. And when the Bengals got that stop, I actually felt pretty good about the Bengals bet at that point because I've watched millions of games. And I said, this game's going to turn at this point, and the Chiefs are going to have to sweat this one out. That's going to be a costly mistake. And I actually started live betting the Bengals with good prices in the
2: second half, too. You could just see it coming. That was a mistake that was going to haunt the Chiefs. Yeah, I went in game with the Rams over the weekend. You know, I liked the Rams. They, uh-huh. go, they go down at halftime, got them by about plus 110. And I was like, yeah, hey, you know what? That's worth a money line shot there for the Los Angeles Rams. So they ultimately get it done. Had to sweat that because they were down 17-7 going into the fourth. But ultimately, Bengals get it 40-24-1 uh, for the season going into the Super Bowl. <laughs>
3: All right. Yeah, the same play I had up was Bengals uh plus seven and a half over the Chiefs. So that's all we got to recap from the NFL. Oh, okay. oh. Thirty
2: seven
3: and thirty. Let's, Let's move go home. on to uh no Super Bowl play yet. Not sure what I'm going to do with the, uh, the big game. Yep. Uh, how about the NBA? How'd the association go for you over the weekend?
2: Uh, Friday was solid. Uh, there we go. 2-1 on Friday. The Rockets end up losing. They kind of came back a little bit uh, in the fourth quarter, but ultimately end up losing by 11. Uh, but finally, get a little luck on my side. Huh? Pacers Thunder needed to go to overtime to get over, but it goes over. And that's why they call it overtime. So that goes over the total heat. How about that game? The, the uh, Clippers, Kelly Bidlin and I, were sweating this out on Friday. I don't know if you've paid attention what the Clippers have been doing recently. They're in the middle of an eight. Well, they're at the middle. Today's the last game of an eight-game East Coast road trip. Mm-hmm. They have been a pain in the ass. It's been a wild every, trip. Yep, every single game. They're 6-1 ATS on the trip going into tonight. But on Friday, just wouldn't go away. Heat were up by double digits throughout the entire game. Heat ended up winning by Seven. And uh, you needed every single bit of that number if you got in early on the overnight or early morning because that eventually closed 7.5, got to as high as 8 throughout the day. But the Clippers, they just do not die, man. Uh, And like today, so for today's play, again, this was out this morning and then two hours ago, uh, again, you know, you get NBA'd here if you didn't get in on the right side. 76ers decide to rest Joel Embiid. So the Grizzlies go from a a 3.5-point underdog to a a 3.5-point favorite today against the Philadelphia 76ers.
3: Well, fortunately, you got in on the right side.
2: Yep. Get get to –
3: it's nice to get one of those every once in a while. You put up the Grizzlies plus three and a half this morning. Yes. Uh, You know, it's interesting. We did the show Friday. I was trying to project the Mm. Kentucky-Kansas line. I wasn't sure if – Shortage yourself. Yeah, I did. I I took three and a half with Kentucky at the time. That was going to be, I knew, my favorite play on the card for Saturday. Uh, Kansas had been living on the edge, playing with fire, whatever cliche you want to use. But i would seen some flaws in the Jayhawks that I thought were going to come back to haunt them – Uh, in that game against Kentucky. But I I wanted Ty Ty Washington, the guard, to play for the Wildcats. Uh, He did play, but the number still went to five. I texted you on Saturday
2: morning. I was was walking
3: the golf course, and I saw it was five, too. And I said, wow, what's going on here? Why is everybody betting Kansas? Maybe Ty Ty Washington's not going to play. He played. He didn't play well. He shot one for for nine. Kentucky still won the game and was up 51-31 at halftime. So Kentucky rolled in that one. (laughs) Uh, 80 to 62, easy underdog winner in the uh, SEC Big 12 challenge here with uh, the Wildcats. This Kentucky team is now in the top five, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calipari's got them playing great, and they are uh, ranked fifth in the AP poll uh, today. So a winner with Kentucky. I'll have one play. Tonight, and it's a similar play that you have.
2: Yep, let's do it. All right, two plays in college hoops for today, two underdogs. Now, one, we can focus on this because we didn't talk about this when we talked college hoops. So let's have this discussion. Wyoming's actually up to a one and a half point underdog at home against Colorado State, and obviously in Laramie. Um, you talked about this. I mean, I think it kind of stinks. I, when you're talking about these two teams, I think they are very similarly power-rated teams, mm-hmm. almost identical, which would then leave you to, okay, you give a whole couple of, what, a point or two for home court if you want to for Wyoming, hard place to go, whatever it is. Uh, this should, I think Wyoming should be favored here. Wrong team's favored. Not yeah, by much. I, I hate saying but, that, too, yeah.
3: when uh, when you talk about a game because that's almost a jinx. But uh, I made the number here, Wyoming minus two. Right. And right and, now, Wyoming's plus one and a half, and that number's – Curious enough to keep me off the game for right now. I'll probably end up playing it at some point tonight. But Colorado State is uh, a team that we talked about last week as well. Uh, Prior to the blowout in uh, Fort Collins at the hands of UNLV, the Rebels and Bryce Hamilton went in there and wrecked the Rams on Friday night. And I I, I said last week, Colorado State's uh, rim defense has not been very good. Its rebounding has been poor. And this team's not shooting well from three. Uh, despite all that, the Rams had only one loss. Well, now they got two because they just got blown out by UNLV at home. Uh, maybe this is a bounce-back spot where the Rams get right. This is a uh, this is a big-time regional rivalry between Wyoming and Colorado State. Believe it or not, uh, but tonight in Laramie, I, I think Wyoming. My numbers made Wyoming a two-point favorite, so this number is strange to me, and I, I'm not playing it as a best bet. Uh, but I might end up playing Wyoming tonight. I'm just trying to figure out why. <laughs> Colorado State's taking money yeah. as the favorite. I mean, like you said, it's about just their... a little money. It's not like uh, a <laughs> right. ton of sharp money's pouring in on Colorado State, but the, when the line strains like that, sometimes. Uh, make sure you hesitate.
2: And like you said, it's a bounce back spot. Uh, Wyoming did over the weekend, right? Uh, scuffle a little bit with Air Force, but it, it's a tough sandwich spot, right? Because you had that big game against Boise prior to that. Then you take on Lowly Air Force with Colorado State looming. And this is big in terms of at large. Like, mm-hmm. this is a massive game tonight between these two. So you barely get by Air Force there. And it's a team that's maybe a little overvalued the last few games, one and three against the spread in their last four. But I think Wyoming, big size advantage as well, playing at home against Colorado State. I, I like it. And then the other one, too, as we talked about, uh, Penn State catching five against Iowa. Just buy low here. Three straight losses on the road for Penn State. Now you come back home, a spot where you've played pretty well, namely that Purdue game that you talked about about a month ago or so. I think just home is a much more healthy environment in these Big Ten games. And with Penn State catching five against Iowa, a team that blew them out, what, a week and a half ago? I'll buy low with
3: them. Yeah, that was a 17-point loss in Iowa City. Yep, Uh, That's my best bet for tonight. The only one I'll use on the show today is Penn State plus five against Iowa, too. Then the Lions got four double-digit scores. They've got enough offense and on their home four, they're always tough to beat. That's, a, that's one of those tricky uh, road trips in the Big Ten that uh, trips up uh, a lot of teams. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Hawkeyes go down tonight, so I'm taking Penn State plus five on that one as
2: well. Really quickly, before you get uh, to golf, yeah. I wanted to point this out. In this, You reminded me. Um, that Colorado State game, going back to that very quickly, that's actually the biggest discrepancy of the key games that we were going to discuss on the board in terms of uh, betting odds and then Ken Palm. Ken Palm actually projects it as a three-point win for Wyoming, but now we're talking about Colorado State as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. fishy. Right? Because the line, generally the market moves in in swing with the uh, Ken Palm numbers. So that's why
3: I was looking at that last night trying to figure out what's up with this. Looked at it again this morning, and uh, that's why I'm not using it as the best bet, but hopefully you got it winner there, because I'll probably end up playing the Wyoming side tonight, but definitely on Penn State plus five. Uh, Golf betting can be cruel sometimes, (laughs) JVT. I walked the Torrey Pines course all day Sunday. I had uh, Will Zalatoris at 35 and 44 to 1, two bets on Zalatoris. He's leading for most of the day. I also threw in a bet on Jason Day at 100 to 1 when he went to triple digits. Uh, I had... Joaquin Neiman at 83 to 1. Wow. Ryan Palmer at 90 to 1. Those four guys were like the top, among the top six or seven on the leaderboard. You're sitting good. Including three of the top four. And then Luke List, who was at 80 to 1, chips in on the back nine and somehow wins in the playoff. That is a brutal beat. Uh, but I was standing out on the 18th hole and I, I could see it coming. Will Zalatoris, here it is. The putt to win the tournament. The Farmers Insurance open at Torrey Pines. Jim Nance with the call.
2: Can the man, the young man, just 25, with the unique putting style, make the stroke of a lifetime for his first win? Zalatoris!
3: Wow, two straight and two weak. That's just a brutal beat. That's an eight-footer.
2: Who's on uh, color? That's a great. That's a great follow-up. Two straight and two weak.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he missed that putt by a half inch. He just came up a little bit short. and That was an eight-footer he should have made. That would have been his first PGA Tour win. Uh, that was not me. I, I was not part of the people uh, groaning in the background because I knew he was going to miss the putt, and I was just shaking my head. And I could see it coming the whole way. And, uh, it was a crush, crushing loss, but we continue on. Pebble Beach this week. We'll have Wes Reynolds yeah. on the show to handicap that. And if you had Will Torres like I did, keep betting him. The kid's an incredible talent. He's going to break through, and he's going to cash. And uh, you will cash tickets on this kid at some point. Yeah,
2: he's, pretty, he's fun to watch. That was a good tournament for no, with n- no skin in the game. It was a fun tournament to watch over the weekend. All right, uh, we're all done. My guys in the desert coming up next. If you missed out on any part of your favorite shows here on the network, it's vcin.com and vcin.com slash podcasts. We'll see you tomorrow here on The Edge.